Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. I've known Laurie Goldstein for 30 plus years. We've aired many programs together. He's been on my program many times. And there were times when I was under attack by some groups. And Laurie generously came to my defense. Uh, we're going to talk about a couple of things here with Lori. Number one, we'll talk about the um, situation, the intimidation of, or the planned intimidation of Jewish residents in Toronto, including arson. It's happening elsewhere in Canada. I want to talk to Lori about that. But I also want to talk to Lori about Justin Trudeau's challenged free Christmas New Year vacation in Jamaica, occupying a $9,300 nightly rental residence owned by a friend of the Trudeau family. Here we go again. Just want to play you this. Mary Dawson, the former ethics commissioner for Parliament, I talked to her about Trudeau's Bahamas visit, where he was convicted of ethics violations under the Conflict of Interest Act. Here's what Mary Dawson said. Section 11 is the most... Um commonly requested information about. It's the the gift uh, provision. And uh, effectively, he uh, received uh, in, 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 the judgment, in my judgment at the time, a gift from um, somebody, a gift of a holiday on a private island. So there's Mary Dawson. Here's Laurie Goldstein, uh, editor emeritus of the Toronto Sun. Lori, uh, Dan Albus, member of parliament, tweeted this. How can one be con- – the PMO said that, uh, that Trudeau had consulted with the ethics commissioner. Albus wrote, how can one be consulting with the ethics commissioner while at the same time publicly claiming to be paying their own way, which would have negated the need to consult with the commissioner? This makes no sense. What do you make of this whole story? Um, well, well, to me, it, it's just rinse and repeat for Trudeau, right? I mean – I mean, he went to the same place last year. Um, the more, as you noted, with Dawson's uh, ruling on him years ago, it, very similar circumstances. He goes off to an island owned by the um, Aga Khan, and um, uh, then he says, "Well, it's exempted under the Act because he's my friend." And then Mary Dawson says, uh, "No, <laughs> the Aga Khan was a friend with your dad, not with you." And then um, Trudeau says, well, I accept responsibility for having violated the Conflict of Interest Act, but I disagree with Mary Dawson that he isn't my friend. Well, that was the basis of her finding, because there's an exemption in the um, Conflict of Interest Act for gifts from friends. Now, what I don't understand is um, why is it why is it okay that a person who doesn't know Trudeau gives him an expensive gift? But it is okay if a friend gives him an expensive gift. I mean, to me, the whole basis for the concern about this stuff is with regard to cronyism. And, and so to me, the solution here is, look, if, the, if he can go anywhere he wants, and he can accept any gifts from anybody he wants, if that's what he wants to do, 
but we should know about it as a matter of course. You don't have to do it before he goes. I get that there's, um, you know, I get that there's security concerns and all that. But once a year, I'd like somebody, either the ethics commissioner or the auditor general or, or the parliamentary budget officer, to lay out specifically, okay, where did he go this year on vacation? Who paid for it? And the reason for that is and that, to me, eliminates the concern about a potential conflict of interest. I don't care if a friend of Justin Trudeau gives him a $10,000 a night villa. What I want to know is, does that friend do any, any business with the federal government? And could Justin Trudeau be influenced because of his friendship and the generosity of his friend? Because other, otherwise, we have this, this happens all the time. The PMO keeps, makes it a big secret, which they shouldn't do. Then they get their facts wrong. I, I mean, the, they, they told whoever was doing the initial media inquiry, they told them that um, uh, Trudeau was, was paying the, the cost. Now, it doesn't mean all the cost, but you know, he's paying the commercial rate for flying and all that kind of stuff. And then, well, no, then it becomes it was a gift from a friend. Now, the Conflict of Interest Act says that you can receive gifts from friends, right? I think that thing ought to be, uh, you know, one of two ways. Either it's all out there, we know at the end of the year in an official report, or as Mary Dawson recommended, we remove this exemption for friends. Because, as Mary Dawson said in her judgment, it's very difficult to determine under the Conflict of Interest Act what a friend is. Um, you know, she said that, uh, though he said... Sorry, Trudeau said about the Aga Khan thing when he, when he went off to the Caribbean, he's my friend. Mary Dawson interviewed him, reviewed the facts, and said, no, actually the Aga Khan was a friend with your dad. Uh, your relationship with the Aga Khan, other than sporadic um, uh, encounters as you would a child of two friends, doesn't start till you become liberal leader. Um, and so, you know, and the other thing, too, is this, this standard thing that they consulted the ethics commissioner. The ethics commissioner is not God. Um, the ethics commissioner is not your conscience or your judgment. Like, like, don't keep running to us and saying this uh, overseer of an act where the maximum fine is $500, right? $500. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's not even for things like this. That's for you, you do your paperwork. To, you know, um, The Conflict of Interest Act, which in fairness to this government, it wasn't passed by this government, it was passed by the Harper government. It's not a very good piece of legislation, which is natural when, when politicians are passing what they determine is a conflict of interest. And, and so to me, to me, the only way to deal with this, because yes, the prime minister and his family are entitled to a, a vacation, and I really don't care whether they vacation in Canada or, or somewhere else, is, is there a conflict of interest in how that um, a vacation was funded? Um, that's the deal to me. If this family wants to give him $10,000 a night things and they don't do any business with the federal government, knock your socks off. You know, I really don't care. But, but we don't know that. We never know until after the fact, and it's because of media probing, not because it's part of the of standard operating procedure, where he went, uh, who, you know, who funded it, who paid for it, and what was the relationship between whoever funded it and him. And, and that's what's causing this thing to happen over and over again. So I have a, a red flag here as well, because Mr. Trudeau selected Commissioner von Finkenstein himself. 
He was a personal selection of the prime minister to be the ethics commissioner. He's interim right now, but he could become the ethics commissioner for the next seven years. And it's supposed to be that the opposition parties have a role in selecting the ethics commissioner. It's not just the prime minister saying, I want this person. He did it with Mario Dion, the previous ethics commissioner. Yeah, you know, and I mean, to me, to me, Dawson and Dion were both good. But, but I agree with you. It should be the same status as the auditor general or the parliamentary budget officer, who report to parliament, which means they report to us through our elected representatives, not reporting to the prime minister. Laurie, if somebody offers you a hell of a job, and it could be seven years, I'm not saying this is the case with Mr. von Finkenstein, I'm just saying generically, somebody would offer you a tremendous job, and it offers pays a lot of money for seven years, you're going to feel some sort of loyalty to the person who's offered you and created that job opportunity for you. It's it's shady. It's not appropriate. Lori, threats, criminal acts, calls for, let's call it what it is, the extermination of Canada's Jewish population taking place in the open. Your response, the Jewish population's response, and what about the government's response, various levels of government in this country? Well, uh, to me, there, there are two separate issues here. One is Canada's opinion on the war in Gaza that was set off by Hamas's terrorist attack. And the role Canada plays as a member of the UN in, in calling for ceasefires and all those kind of things. I have no problem with most of the political pronouncements on that. that that's, you know, that's a geopolitical issue. Um, anyone who knows that part of the world knows it's complicated. Um, you know, uh, Canada calling for a ceasefire without condemning Hamas. I wasn't a, a fan of that, but a fan of that. But you know, it is what it is. But the, the, the other, more, far more relevant issue is the explosion of Jew hatred in Canada, in the, and frankly, globally, um, around around the world. And you know, we see it. We see it here. We see it in Europe. I mean, for heaven's sakes, we have. And the reason it's hate-filled is that blaming Jews in Canada for the actions of the Israeli government, that's true hatred. That's anti-Semitism. The equivalent of it would be blaming Arabs and Palestinians and Muslims in Canada for the terrorism of Hamas or Hezbollah or ISIS. And it has to be absolutely, unequivocally, constantly condemned. And on that score from both the federal, provincial, and municipal governments. You know, I, and I think a lot of Jewish Canadians, have been rather shocked by the lack of unequivocal, unequivocal, you can't do that in Canada. You can't fire bullets at Jewish schools. You can't firebomb synagogues. You can't torch and vandalize bookstores. You can't go into a Jewish community um, where your whole purpose is to target and threaten them. And I would have thought, based on the Prime Minister's comments about the, uh, the truck convoy, the freedom convoy, um, you know, at that, like in the things he said at that time, and there were, of course, disagreements about whether he, you know, did he handle that properly. But if we think a domestic threat is, is that devastating, is, can be that eroding to the body politic, then it has to be done 
here. Because if it isn't done, no bully, no criminal, no anti-Semite is going to be stopped by motherhood expressions of anti-Semitism is horrible and Islamophobia are horrible. Of course, they're horrible. In terms of Islamophobia, we have that horrible thing. Well, it's not horrible now, but, but it's the sentencing of this, you know, white supremacist in London, Ontario, who drove a pickup truck into a, fa- a Muslim family out for an evening walk in the summer. And then he tells the police he did it because he wanted to encourage other young men to do the same thing. Like, okay, how hard is it to unequivocally condemn that, right? And how hard is it to say, whatever your views of what's going on in Israel, right, in this country, we do not, we do not um, uh, engage in criminal activity against groups of people whose only sin is that they're their particular religion or their skin color or anything like that. We've certainly done it, we've, we've certainly done it on the past for other groups. Um, uh, so I, I think with a lot of members of the... And look, I want to be clear here. There are, there's been enormous support from non-Jewish Canadians, ordinary people, to the Jewish community. And that has been the great comfort of living in Canada. I've seen it in emails. I've seen it in emails from listeners right. across the country who want to make the point. Yeah. Yep, no, um, that, thank God, you know, thank God that in Canada, the vast majority of people, wherever they come from, know what's right and know what's right. But, Laurie, we have to ask ourselves, why is there not the political response, the leadership response, that is absolutely required? Give me 30 seconds on that, please. It's votes. It's votes. I mean, you know, they're trying to play both ends against the middle. There's like, what, 395, 350,000 Jews in the country and about triple that um, uh, Muslims. It's ridiculous because the vast majority of Muslims don't agree with what's happening. Um, you know, listen to Iranian Canadian uh, Muslims. They've been at the forefront of denouncing anti-Semitism and all this. So it's this weird thing that these politicians have in their head that, A, all Jews support what, what's going on in Israel. That's not true. And that all Muslims support, uh, you know, terrorism. That's not true. Most people reasonably, I think, would expect their prime minister to go, if any minority is being attacked, it's wrong, and we're going to do something about it right. at every level. And that hasn't happened. It seems to be happening now. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.